The fifth reading comes to us approximately three months after the angel visited Mary. We're told that it came time in Luke chapter 1, verse 57, for her relative Elizabeth to have her baby. She gave birth to a son. Elizabeth's neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, No, he is to be called John. They said to her, There is no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to the father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, His name is John. Immediately, his mouth was opened and his tongue set free, and he began to speak, praising God. All the neighbors were filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, What then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. His father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show mercy to our ancestors, and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father, Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear, in holiness and in righteousness all of our days. And you, my child, you will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare a way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet in the path of peace. And the child, John, grew and became strong in spirit. And he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel. Near Christmas time in 2002, a young Chinese musician named Su Wenxing was given an incredible permission. Su was invited to conduct the Chinese National Symphony Orchestra and Choir, and he was asked to perform a very unusual piece of music for Beijing at that time. He was given permission to conduct Handel's Messiah, and not just on any stage, but on the nation's premier stage in the Forbidden City Concert Hall in Beijing. On the night of the final 
performance with great excitement, the crowds entered the hall that evening. And as the start time arrived, the crowd moved into their seats, the lights dimmed, and the crowd waited. And they waited, and they waited some more. Five minutes, ten minutes, twenty minutes went by. And then a a rumor started moving through the hall that evening. A rumor that the show was being canceled. The audience waited patiently, expectantly, for some kind of official announcement to come. And then, suddenly, conductor Sue and his choir burst onto the stage, looking exasperated. Apparently, Sue, a born-again Chinese Christian, had drawn the ire of the local censors, who felt that the religious nature of this music might in some way be promoting the burgeoning house church movement there in Beijing. His permission to sing had been revoked. But backstage, the choir and the orchestra decided together that with or without permission, they were going to sing that evening. So they made their way on stage forcefully. They took their places and the concert began. And for the next two hours, they gave one of the most impassioned performances that Hall has ever witnessed. When the time came for the Hallelujah Chorus, the audience exploded with a multitude of voices, harmonies in both English and Chinese. This evening that began with a long, awkward silence, now finished with thunderous praise. Somehow it was as though the period of waiting beforehand endowed those songs with special significance when they finally arrived. Sometimes waiting does that for us. Waiting builds and centers our attention. For the last two weeks, we followed the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth in their own waiting waiting for a son to come. We've heard of Elizabeth, who waited with a joyous, expectant kind of faith. And we have heard of Zechariah, whose troubling encounter with Gabriel at the temple left him waiting in silence. Waiting until we arrive here at verse 57, when Luke tells us that the time had finally come. Elizabeth gives birth to her son, and as according to local custom at the time, the entire village, or or much of it, would show up at the family's home. And in particular, they would turn up on the eighth day, the day where where the, the joy of this new birth would culminate in the ceremony of circumcision and where a name would officially be given to this new child. Verse 59 says that they, meaning the neighbors and the relatives, they all turned out that day, both to celebrate 
But I think, as the, the text bears out, they come ready to offer their opinions about what to name this child on that day. Since the father couldn't speak, they, they figured they would show up and do the job for him. And so together they consult and they decide upon the family name. They will give him the name of his father, Zechariah. Zechariah was a common name in the time, a name meaning the Lord remembers. It was a name especially common in the years of Israel's exile and during this time of Roman occupation. The Lord remembers. To name a child Zechariah then in that time was to pray that someday, in some future generation, the Lord would remember his people. That he would call to mind to save them. You and I, we've said, are, are a people who are often in the same place as Zechariah and Elizabeth and the people of Israel in that day, waiting for God to act. And so their prayer here that God would remember someday, somewhere down the road, is a prayer we can identify with. It's not a bad prayer, it's a safe prayer. It's a hopeful prayer. Lord, remember us. But just about the time that the in-laws settle on this name for the child, Elizabeth courageously speaks up in verse 60, and she says, What? That's not the name for this child. He is not called Zechariah. He is not to be called Lord, remember. His name is John. And the relatives all turn to one another, looking shocked. And they say to Elizabeth, no one in your family has that name. And you can imagine the, the murmurings and, and the questions, and then suddenly all the attention in the room turns to the father, Zachariah. And I imagine that the in-laws are thinking, we know what he wants he wants a Zachariah Jr. Give him a tablet. Let us, let us ask him for his opinion. And with nine long months to remember and to review the words of the angel to him, Zachariah takes the tablet and he scratches out. His name is John. And at that moment, verse 64 says, a kind of watershed occurrence takes place. It says that as Zechariah writes the name on the tablet, so too his tongue is loosened. It is set free. And a stream of praise comes pouring forth. And the entire village looking on is filled with awe. The long Silence of Zechariah finally broken. But why at that moment? Right? Why is the key that unlocks Zechariah's mouth to speak? Why is it linked to the name of his son? Well, I think it's because the name John means something. 
The, the name John means not the Lord remember us, but instead the Lord has favored us. To name him John instead of Zechariah is to risk making a statement of trust and faith that they are no longer waiting for God to remember. Elizabeth and Zechariah are proclaiming that God has in fact come. His favor has now arrived. John's birth calls them to take notice of a new day dawning. A day of God's favor to them. Sometimes that news seems too wonderful, too good to be true. Sometimes we we hear the promises of Scripture, we hear of the graciousness of God, and yet we struggle to believe it is a word spoken to us today. Could God truly not just have heard us, but have extended his graciousness, his kindness, his favor to me? Could God truly be acting even today to rescue and redeem and to know me as his own? When Zechariah first heard word of God's favor from Gabriel in the temple, he was skeptical of the word. He struggled to receive it. But now, after Nine long months of waiting to even make a sound. Zechariah comes storming onto the stage here, and he gives us his own hallelujah chorus, verse 68. He gives us this incredible song of praise. He says, praise to the Lord, the God of Israel. Why? Because today he has come. Today, he has not only heard the prayer of his people. Today, he has not only remembered his people. Today, he is showing us his favor. He is extending his grace. God has come to be with us. This is truly an Advent song of praise. Zechariah sings throughout verses 68 through 75 Not just of God's coming to him, but of a coming to his entire people. Bringing salvation, bringing mercy, bringing rescue with him. Zechariah sings of how all the promises from Abraham to David and, and throughout the generations have now arrived. They are taking shape. They have been conceived even now in Mary's womb. God is coming to his people. God is calling them to be his own people. A people, Zechariah says, who will serve him boldly, who will go before him without fear, who will walk in holiness and righteousness all of our days. And then Zechariah's song turns to sing of the particular favor God will pour out on his son, John. John will be a man who trusts 
confidently in the favor of God to proclaim that his salvation is no longer a far-off hope. Not just a prayer for remembrance, but God's salvation, his tender mercy has come. After a long and dark night of waiting, John will proclaim that the sun from heaven has come to shine on us. John's ministry will proclaim that the time for keeping silent is over. The time for singing has now arrived. Today we stand just one week away from Christmas, where we remember the coming of God to his people. Let me encourage you to hear the singing and the songs of God's favor for you. God has come to the earth. God will come again to the earth to be with his people. In great tenderness and mercy, he desires to make us his own. We have been given permission today to receive these songs within us and to begin to sing them ourselves. Amen.